Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into this week's edition of the Force to Punt podcast. I am your host, Stephen Serta. As always, thank you guys for joining us each and every week as we try to get you some fantasy football advice and talk about fantasy football and just have fun and try to win some money together. Uh, normally, I am joined by Dusty Likens, but he is actually out of town this week. Uh, I'm sure he's having a blast out in Denver. I think he's there for a bachelor party. Uh, so it's just me. Just get me this week. And I think last time I flew solo on this thing, I think we had a little rough go. Um, but I'm more confident this week. I, I think there's a ton of good matchups this week that are going to play into what I want to get into today. And there's actually you know, a lot of people are talking about how the waiver wire last week was absolutely brutal. And I totally agree that it was. It, a lot of people kind of feel the same way about this week. I agree that it is thin, but I think there's some exciting guys out there on the waiver wire that if your waivers haven't gone through yet, you can still go out and add, or if they're still available and you leave even after the waivers go through, I still think there's some guys that could possibly be in play that could wind up having an effect on rosters down the line. Um, but where I want to start, Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey were both traded yesterday, and these are these are... Trades that I know they're two defensive players or two cornerbacks, but they're trades that could potentially have fantasy football ramifications. You know, Marcus Peters, um, you know, love him or hate him, Chiefs fans. Marcus Peters is still a very, very good cornerback. Uh, you know, maybe he wasn't that top five caliber player that we when uh we were Kansas City Chiefs fans and when we when we wanted Marcus Peters to succeed here in Kansas City. Uh, you know, we had those aspirations that he could be, you know, that top five type of player. Uh, that hadn't really come to fruition in L.A., but he's still very good, right? He was still he still got interceptions. He was still f- forcing turnovers. Like he was still an impact player. Um, he he was just getting burned he, here and there because uh, it wasn't. Uh, I don't think the pieces in that secondary and around him overall were as good as the complimentary pieces that he had during his time here in Kansas City, at least in the secondary, like when he was playing with, you know, an, an elite all-pro Eric Berry. Like, he never had anybody like that uh, in the secondary in L.A. for him. So I think that hurt him a little bit. But I actually think that there's reason to think that he could have a huge impact in that Baltimore Ravens secondary. And the Baltimore Ravens defense hasn't been anything special this season like we're used to the Baltimore Ravens having one of the best defenses in the NFL and they haven't been anything close to that this year they've gotten torched by a lot of opposing offenses and frankly you know they used to be a you know top five fantasy football defense like one of those fantasy defenses that you drafted every single year and I've got the Ravens defense in one league. I've actually tried to drop them three different times and somebody actually snaked the defense that I wanted. So I just keep getting stuck with them. 
But I'm kind of right now, I'm kind of glad that I'm stuck with them because I know their defense hasn't been up to par this season. But the addition of Marcus Peters is really exciting for me because their secondary has struggled and Jimmy Smith's been hurt all year. Um, I would think that the reports are that they're hoping to have Jimmy Smith back at some point. You know, they didn't put him on IR. And when he is healthy, he is still a very, very good cornerback. Marlon Humphrey is a very, very good cornerback. They signed Earl Thomas in the offseason, but they lost uh, Tony Jefferson, who's a very good safety in his own right. And they still have Brandon Carr, who's a very good slot corner, also a former Kansas City Chief. Yeah, Marcus Peters to the mix. All of a sudden, this secondary, if they get it, they get it figured out, this Baltimore Ravens secondary looks like it could shape out to be one of the better secondaries in the NFL. You know, they're not going to get Tony Jefferson back. He's done for the season. But Jimmy Smith's supposed to be back at some point. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, they're trying to get things figured out. You know, their pass rush isn't the same. Their linebackers aren't the same as they have been in years past. They had a lot of guys walk into free agency. Uh but the addition of Marcus Peters is going to have an impact on that defense. And Marcus Peters is in a contract year. Marcus Peters needs to get paid. I think that he's going to try to show up this last back half of the season. I think this could be huge for fantasy football, as well as Marcus Peters, and as well as the Baltimore Ravens defense. Now, for Jalen Ramsey, a lot of people have pointed out that the NFC West might have the worst starting wide receivers in uh, in any division in football. And, and that's kind of hard to dispute because the teams that you're going against, uh, you know, you ship off Marcus Peters for virtually nothing and then give up a ton of draft capital to go get Jalen Ramsey. Um, and assuming that you're going to have to to make it all worth it because you you got Jalen Ramsey under contract through next season, but you can't let him walk. You can't give away two first-round picks and then let him walk. I find it hard to believe with the Rams being tied that way that they're going to be able to move him next year or something like this is a all-in-this-year caliber move, go get a Super Bowl ring because you lost the Patriots last year, and then try to ship Jalen Ramsey off again next season and see if you can get some of that draft capital back. One, I don't know who's really going to be interested in that, to be completely honest, Um, but it also doesn't make sense because, again, the Rams issues, and we talked about it on this podcast, their issues are their offensive line. Like, Todd Gurley being injured doesn't help. Todd Gurley not being the same type of player that he was a couple years ago when he was fantasy MVP caliber type of player. Yes, none of that helps this offense, but their offensive line is absolutely brutal. Their offensive line's worse than the Chiefs' offensive line right now. That offensive line being as poor as it is, their offense is going to continue to struggle just like, you know, Jared Goff hasn't been a very good player this season. Jared Goff, who's in the first year of his massive contract extension, has not looked like the same caliber player who, you know, he was uh he was one of the better fantasy quarterbacks last season. He hasn't been anything close to that this year. And if I'm Sean McVay, like I don't see how that move makes us a more of a Super Bowl caliber team. Like I get the idea of and this is and this was their approach last season too. So it makes sense. Like this this has just been Les Snead's approach is they drafted pretty well for a few years. Um, they got some cornerstones in place, and you know, Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley made some nice moves in the Robert Woods deal. Um, I never agreed with the Brandon Cooks thing. I, I think Brandon Cooks is a fine player. I was never on board with trading for him and then making him one of the five highest-paid wide receivers. I don't think he's that. I think he's a fine player, uh, but I was never on board with giving him a bunch of money. Uh, and, and, you know, Todd Gurley, like, I don't want to pay running backs, but they did. That uh, that's just something that they are that they already did. 
they're already there, so it's not something you can really criticize all that much at this point. Um, but this has been Les Snead's thing: is just acquire talent at whatever costs. Try to you know try to draft well. Try to land on some of these draft picks. But we don't have a problem going out and spending money. And their owner has said as much. And, and that's what they've done. They've gone out. They're very active in free agency. They're very active on the trade market each and every year. This is the second year in a row they've done this on the trade market. They, they've gone out and they've they've acquired an impact player uh, right before the trade deadline. Granted, it wasn't quite this big last season, but it was still an impact player in Dante Fowler. Um, this is just their MO now, and this is what they do, but eventually that's going to catch up to them because you're not going to be able, if you don't have draft picks and you don't have the ability to sign players, to sign cost-effective players because you don't have any money because you're way overpaying at the top of your roster, it's going to catch up with them. So Jalen Ramsey, yes, he is an incredible player, but I don't think it changes that much in the NFC West right now. Now, the Seattle Seahawks losing Will Disley uh, for the season is a huge, huge blow to their passing game because he had been absolutely fantastic. He was uh, trending to be a top five tight end in fantasy football as, as well as just a top five tight end across the NFL landscape. He he had been absolutely fantastic. Them losing him is a huge blow to their passing offense. But, I mean, Russell Wilson's already achieving more with less than any other MVP caliber quarterback in the NFL this season. And he's the front runner for the MVP. So I don't think it changes that much for the Seahawks when you put Jalen Ramsey on the other side of Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. It's just not going to change their game plans. They're still going to do what they want to do, which is run the ball and have Russell Wilson be a damn efficient passer. Like, that's just what they do. And the San Francisco 49ers are going to continue to run the ball. Jalen Ramsey's not going to change their running style, like their run first style, and Jimmy G limit Jimmy G's potential to you know, put you in a bad position and just kind of have him be a game manager because their defense is so overwhelming and their running game is just unstoppable. Like, I don't see how that changes anything. And, like, who who cares about the Cardinals? The Cardinals are the bottom feeders of the division, right? But they, they I guess they are trending up a little bit. But, I mean, the Cardinals aren't going anywhere this season. So what did you truly accomplish by adding Jalen Ramsey? I don't think it changed the outlook on your on your season, I don't think it changed the outlook on your division, and I don't think it changed the outlook much in fantasy football, to be completely honest. But let's get to some streamers this week because there's actually a uh, lot of reasonable players for that I think are probably still going to be available in a lot of your leagues. I've started Frank Gore in multiple leagues this season. <laughs> like, and he's been pretty productive, right? Now, they are playing the Miami Dolphins, which, by the way, Fantastic streamer defense for you to go get right now is the Buffalo Bills. Um, their defense, while being a incredible passing defense, wonderful NFL caliber defense, one of the you know three best defenses in the NFL right now, in my opinion, has not been a highly productive fantasy defense. They haven't forced a ton of turnovers. They haven't scored touchdowns. Uh, but I think that's going to change because they've got a very favorable schedule down the back half of the season. I do think that the Bills are a uh, are a playoff team, to be completely honest. I, I don't think that they're going to beat the New England Patriots. I don't think that they're going to win that division or anything, but I think they are a wild card team. I think they are that good. I think the back half of their schedule is that easy that they can definitely get into the postseason. And so I think that if the Buffalo Bills... Defense is available in your fantasy league. You need to go add them right now, uh, including this week's matchup against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Devin Singletary might be back in this game. And 
we saw early on in the season he's a very, very talented player. Obviously, they want to get Devin Singletary involved. Obviously, they need him to be the successor to Frank Gore because Frank Gore can't keep going forever. But I think they're both going to have a chance to be productive. Now, now I know uh, in deeper leagues, Devin Singletary probably still sitting on somebody's bench. He was dropped in a ton of leagues because of his injury. If he is available, you need to go get him right now. There's a chance he plays this week. If he doesn't play this week, he still has a very favorable schedule in the near future. So Devin Singletary needs to be rostered immediately in all leagues if he is available. And I think you can play if he winds up going this week. I think him and Frank Gore are guys that you can take a look at in your fantasy league because they have a very, very nice matchup against the worst rushing defense in the NFL. Uh, other streamers I really like, Daniel Jones. Uh, he's had a down couple of weeks after you know that, that monster start to his career. Um, I, I don't think that he is, by any circumstances, a weekly starter, especially the fact that you know he's, he's shown flashes. He looks like a good quarterback, uh, but the New York Giants are still a bad football team. Um, so, so I don't think that you can start him weekly. But this week against the Arizona Cardinals, we know one of the worst defenses in the NFL, one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Peterson's supposed to be back from uh, suspension. Uh, I haven't got, seen an update on him yet, whether or not he's like practicing in full, whether or not they're going to work him in slow. I would imagine they're going to have to get him some type of reps before they just make him a full go. I mean, I'm sure he's been working out. I'm sure he's in fine shape. Uh, but I would imagine that... They're not just going to throw him straight in and have him play like 95% of the snaps or something like that. But he should be involved this week, I would assume. So I would keep an eye on that because he could drastically improve their passing defense. But I still like Daniel Jones in this one. And, you know, we always stream quarterbacks against the Miami Dolphins, right? And Josh Allen's actually just been a really good fantasy quarterback, to be completely honest. Like, I would rather right now start Josh Allen weekly then start Jameis Winston on a weekly basis because Jameis Winston is going to let you down every single time. He's going to have those monster weeks where you're just like, oh, my gosh, he's finally turning it around. I can bank on Jameis Winston week in and week out to get me 25 to 35 points in my fantasy lineup. Then he's going to have games like he did against the Carolina Panthers where he has seven turnovers. So don't... Don't fall for this with Jameis Winston. I would much rather take Josh Allen because Josh Allen's playing well. He's looked like a better passer this season. Still not an incredible passer by any means, but his rushing floor is something that's going to give you consistent fantasy output, and his passing has improved enough that I'm willing to give Josh Allen a chance as a weekly starter in a lot of leagues, especially deep leagues. Um, I, I think that he has to be rostered in all leagues at the very least, but he's somebody that could definitely be added in your league, and you could definitely start on a weekly basis if you were like a Jameis Winston, Kyle Allen owner. I think I would rather start Josh Allen on a weekly basis than start either of those guys. Um, Golden Tate, another guy who's probably been picked up in most leagues now, uh, especially after that good game against the Patriots, uh, but he is still available um, in some leagues, so obviously he needs to be rostered. He's going to be their top wide receiver. We don't know when Sterling Shepard's going to be back. Sterling Shepard, that's his second concussion this season. Um, you, you just can't have concussions that close together and, and get back on the field fast. So it's going to be a while before Sterling Shepard's probably back for the New York Giants. Um, Jamison Crowder, also available in a bunch of leagues still. A lot of people had him to start the season. Looked great with Sam Darnold, then Sam Darnold got the mono. Uh, had the spleen issue. A lot of people dropped Jameson Crowder. 
He is available in a ton of leagues right now, so Jamison Crowder is a guy that you need to go out and add because he had another very, very good game with Sam Darnold. Uh, he got, uh, I think in the first game, week one of the season, he had like something absurd, like 19 targets, and they, I think he still had like another 10 targets in this game this past week, the upset against the Dallas Cowboys. So Jamison Crowder is a guy that needs to be added in all fantasy formats. Uh, Jamal Williams to the dismay of Aaron Jones' owners. Outperformed Aaron Jones by quite a bit on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions uh, in their comeback win. Jamal Williams had a very, very good game coming back from a concussion. He looked fantastic. Uh, Aaron Jones did drop what would have been like a 30-yard touchdown. Uh, it was kind of a tough catch, but, I mean, you got you got to make that play. Um, Aaron Jones, I feel like this is going to be the issue that you run into him, and it's really been the issue that's plagued him his entire career. It's just inconsistent play is that – he hasn't found himself in a situation with a coach where they're just like, we're willing to take the flaws because of the upside and the potential of the positive plays that you bring. He keeps putting himself in situations where, like last week against uh, the Cowboys, he didn't have a choice. He, he They didn't have another running back, really, so they just had to ride with him, and they just had to give him a bulk of the workload. They really, really like Jamal Williams. He's really, really going to be involved moving forward. So if somebody had Jamal Williams and dropped him because of the injury, need to go out and get him right now. Cam Newton, Panthers are on bye week, but Cam Newton saying, well, reports are that Cam Newton is going to be ready to practice after the bye. His foot is uh, healed, and it sounds like reports are very positive that the Panthers think that you know Kyle Allen, while he's been fantastic, they've won football games with Kyle Allen as their quarterback. Cam Newton's still going to be the guy, I would assume, when he comes back. Um, and, and he still, if he is healthy, you know, he's Cam Newton. He's been too productive of a fantasy quarterback to just be floating around out there on waiver wires, especially if you're starting Jameis Winston on a weekly basis. I think Cam Newton's a guy you can go pick up right now that nobody's going to add because it's his bye week. And he could be a guy, maybe he's not ready next week. Maybe it's a couple weeks down the road, but he's still a guy that should be added back in all fantasy leagues uh, because he still has potential to, you know, if he is 100% healthy, if he looks like anything close to the Cam Newton that we're used to getting, uh, he could be a top 10 quarterback down the back half of the season. Alvin Kamara is still pretty banged up. He's still not practicing, and it's sounding worse and worse, to be completely honest. Um, Latavius Murray needs to be owned in all leagues right now. Uh, the Saints did go out and sign another running back today just as insurance because they don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to be healthy enough to go. Uh, Latavius Murray, also a, a high-end trade target potentially, if he's available in your leagues or if you know the owner's never going to use him and you can target him, I think he's going to be. If Alvin Kamara winds up missing a couple of weeks, Latavius Murray is going got, has like top 10 potential in that offense. The way they're running right now with Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback too, like that Saints offense, their defense has been absolutely outstanding since Drew Brees went down. Uh, the way they're, they're passing the ball with Teddy Bridgewater – they need to run the football a lot. Uh, and so I would imagine that Latavius Murray's going to get a ton of volume. And the Saints are still a very, very good football team. That defense has been absolutely outstanding. Their offensive line's really good. Latavius Murray's going to have an opportunity to make a huge impact if Alvin Kamara can't go for any period of time. Uh, Benny Snell had a pretty good game filling in for the injured Jalen Samuels. Obviously, uh, James Conner is the back to own in that backfield but he had a Benny Snell had like 75 yards had a lot of carries in that game against San Diego Chargers 
Pittsburgh again on by this week. So Benny sells another one of those guys. I think you can go add right now because nobody's going to think about it since he's on a buy or he's going to get overlooked because he's got a buy this week. I think he's a guy you absolutely need to add because um, he's going to get volume. Like they're, they're just going to run the ball. Devlin Hodges is the quarterback. Like Benny Sell's just going to get tons of opportunity. Uh, a couple more ads real quick before we get into the Chiefs breakdown. Daryl Henderson, he didn't do much last week, but he had opportunity, which which, which is really important because I don't think Malcolm Brown is an overly talented player. Daryl Henderson was a high-round draft pick. Um, he's going to have an opportunity in this offense if Todd Gurley continues to miss games. I added him in a couple leagues. I actually played him in a very deep dynasty league that I'm in last week. And while he didn't uh, he didn't contribute a ton, he did break off like a nice 22-yard run, had a couple other plays where he showed some flashes of how explosive he can be. I like Daryl Henderson a lot moving forward. Um, if Todd Gurley isn't healthy or if he misses significant time at all, I think Daryl Henderson needs to be owned right now. And he is available in a ton of leagues because he got dropped in almost every league prior to Todd Gurley's injury because he wasn't getting used at all. He wasn't getting worked in at all. Uh, Robbie Anderson still owned in a lot of leagues, but if he is available, absolutely needs to be a pickup. Absolutely needs to be on your roster right now. Obviously, he had a 92-yard touchdown this week. That is the longest uh, play from scrimmage all season long in the NFL. 92 yards. That's the explosiveness that he brings to the table. Sam Darnold looked very good. Led them to a come from behind, or no, an upset win, I, I suppose I should say. That, that offense is different with Sam Darnold, right? That offense, there's another layer to it. Robbie Anderson going to be involved. And Robbie Anderson showed really, really good chemistry with Sam Darnold uh, down the back half of last season. And, and, and that's also why you need to add Chris Herndon if he's still available in your league. I know he's hurt. Um, they did activate him this week, so it sounds like he's going to be good to go. Um, he's got top 10 tight end potential, and tight end's so garbage anyways. Chris Herndon needs to be owned. Uh, same can be said about Darren Fells, who's just like, a number 11, number 12 type tight end right now. Um, if you can find that on the waiver wire this late in the season, you need to get it on your roster. Darren Fells needs to be owned in all leagues. He's the tight end to own in Houston. He's getting the consistent work. I think Darren Fells is Deshaun Watson's favorite, you know, underneath kind of check down guy, and he's getting red zone targets. So you need to look at Darren Fells if he is available in any of your leagues. Auden Tate, been absolutely fantastic, right? I was I was down on Auden Tate. I kind of talked trash on Auden Tate. A couple of weeks ago, but he actually uh, has been very, very good and very, very good despite Andy Dalton being terrible and trying to not throw him the ball. He's actually found a way to be highly productive. So I actually like Auden Tate a lot moving forward because we don't really know how this wide receiver core is going to shake out. Uh, AJ Green's supposed to get back to practice, but we have no idea when AJ Green's actually going to get back on the football field. I like Auden Tate a lot. Uh, Cincinnati's offense, like I know Cincinnati's 0-6. They look like one of the worst teams in football right up there with the Dolphins, right up there uh, with Washington. But I think Cincinnati's going to kind of fall into some stuff here in a little bit because I don't think they're as terrible as their start has seen. They've they've suffered a ton of injuries. Uh, Their offensive line's absolutely brutal. Like Joe Mixon... I don't think you can do anything with Joe Mixon now. He's been so bad. I, I'm so glad I steered clear of Joe Mixon in all fantasy formats. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you can move him. He's been so brutal, like you're just kind of stuck with him. Um, and odds are, honestly, if you have Joe Mixon as a cornerstone of your team, you're probably not making the playoffs this year because it's been that brutal. Um, but those wide receivers, because they're going to be behind in a lot of games, I don't mind having the wide receivers. Tyler Boyd's been pretty good. Auden Tate's been pretty good. I've got A.J. Green on my bench in a couple of leagues. I'm waiting for him to get back. So I don't hate the Bengals 
passing game moving forward, but I don't want anything to do with Joe Mixon. Uh, Philip Dorsett, hopefully going to be back this week for the Patriots. Um, he was one of Tom Brady's favorite targets early on in the season, so I think that uh, Philip Dorsett's got to be a potential add, especially for a passing game that outside of Julian Edelman has not found much success this season. Uh, Josh Gordon's been a huge disappointment. Local Chiefs Breakdown. So, ton of Chiefs out in this one, um, and it sounds like it's going to be a problem for them. You know, Chris Jones is out, Andrew Wiley's out, Eric Fisher's out, Kendall Fuller's out, Bashad Breeland's questionable. Um, I mean, that means great things for the Broncos. Like, I, I think there's a, a chance that the Chiefs lose this football game, to be completely honest. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to piss off the Chiefs fans out there, but I think there's a chance that they drop their third game in a row, and it could be against Denver. So, Patrick Mahomes has played three games against the Denver Broncos, and one of them was his first start ever, right, in a uh, Week 17 match. But he played them twice last year. I think he only went over 300 yards once. Uh, he led them for the come-behind victory in the first matchup. The second one, um, it still wound up being like a seven-point victory, but the game was closer than the final score really explained. Um, like they, they've had some tight games against the Broncos and that's because the Broncos are one of your biggest rivalries in this division. Like that's just a reality. I, I say all the time, these division games never work out the way they're supposed to on paper. They always play out a little bit different because these teams know each other so well. Um, that's going to come into play tomorrow, but I think it's going to be more in favor of the Broncos than it is the Chiefs because the Chiefs are the ones that aren't playing well right now, and the Broncos have won back-to-back games. Now, they haven't done it in, like, super impressive fashion or anything like that, but they've looked pretty good, and they've got some players on that offense, right? Like, Joe Flacco's obviously not anything special. Uh, he's been pretty brutal this season, but Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are in a legitimate timeshare. Philip Lindsay. Still looks like he's a very good player. He's just not getting the type of heavy usage that he was getting last season because uh, Royce Freeman is is eating into that a lot, and it's been very frustrating for fantasy owners. I understand that, but again, like you know, we condoned you using Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde in a lot of fantasy formats last week. I think you can use Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman in a bunch of fantasy formats this week because. Chiefs run defense is just that bad. They are going to get Anthony Hitchens back, so, I mean, I guess you think that helps, but Anthony Hitchens wasn't playing good before he got injured, so I, I don't know how much he actually makes a difference. Um, they, they've literally, if Bashad Breeland doesn't play, the Chiefs literally only have three active cornerbacks on the roster. I would expect that Dan Sorensen and Juan Thornhill are going to play safety, and Tyron Matthew might wind up playing a lot of corner on Thursday night football. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is expected to play. Um, that means good things because that means that the Chiefs secondary can't just pay all the attention to Cortland Sutton. He's having a breakout season. Like, I like both of those pass catchers in this game, although the Chiefs pass defense has been pretty good. You know, T.Y. Hilton didn't ha didn't do much against them. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. I know Fuller and Hopkins both dropped touchdown passes, but neither one of them did a ton yardage-wise. Like, their, their pass defense actually hasn't been that bad, but it's been the, because the key to beating them is just running the hell out of the football. Uh, I would expect to see a lot of that tomorrow night, but I still like the potential of Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton in this football game. And Noah Fant, like the Chiefs have still struggled against stopping tight ends. Darren Fells had a nice game against them last week. Um, you know, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron didn't do anything, but Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron haven't done anything against anybody all season. So I, I don't read too much into that. The uh, 
the overarching story here is that the Chiefs have been bad against tight ends for the most part of the season. So I actually think Noah Fant's probably in play, to be completely honest. Like, there's there's lots of reasons to hate this game for the Chiefs. And I know Chiefs fans probably don't want to hear that, but there's a lot of fantasy upside in this game for the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, Broncos defense has been coming on. I think you still start Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you still start Tyreek Hill, obviously. No Sammy Watkins in this game. So at this point, you start Travis Kelsey. I think you don't start Hardman. You don't start Demarcus Robinson unless you're absolutely desperate and you have to take a flyer because it's just been several weeks in a row now where we haven't seen anything from them. And I don't really want anything to do with Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy, to be completely honest, but Denver hasn't been great against the run, so I think you still have to take a chance on them because you likely don't have anybody better. So it is what it is, um, but that's what I think for this Thursday night football matchup between the Chiefs and the Broncos. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Please download the Radio.com app. Subscribe to all of our wonderful content on the 435 Podcast Network. And please make sure you're tuned into 610 Sports Radio every Sundays at 9 a.m. for Fantasy Football Sunday with me, Steven Serta. I'll catch you next time. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.